mojo is how you create your life. Like I, I think the mojo, whether you're a man or a woman, your mojo is that je ne sais quoi, you know, that thing. That's the pep in your step. That's whatever it is that lights you up and, and gets you out of bed in the morning, right? And so we should all be living in our mojo. This is for the others out there the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me, and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, I'm excited to bring you a conversation with Gabrielle Brick. Gabrielle is a holistic nutrition specialist, transformation and executive coach, but she likes to go by Mojo Coach because that's what she does. She helps people get their mojo back, baby. After healing her chronic health issues, including depression and addictive patterns, Gabrielle went on to help many improve their chronic health and emotional challenges. Gabrielle helps women overcome and transform their lives through rediscovery of their authentic selves, leading them on a journey through holistic nutrition and radical self-love. As a truth seeker and leader by nature, Gabrielle studied directly with masters of fields in nutrition, longevity, superfoods, herbalism, medical qigong, psychology, NLP, life coaching, and landmark. Gabrielle was also the first person and visionary to create an artisan raw organic heirloom chocolate bar called The One Chocolate Bar back in 06, along with other first-of-its-kind health products that were sold online in Whole Foods Market and over 200 stores across the nation. On top of that, she's also a proud mother of twin boys living in New York countryside with rescued kitties. We talked all about her journey through the years, true self-love, and the role that fear plays out in our diet and all of the health hacks. Be sure to give Gabrielle a follow on Instagram at Gabrielle Brick and check out some of her cool offerings on her site, www.gabriellebrick.com. Link is in the show notes. All right, let's get down to it. Please welcome Gabrielle Brick. Welcome. Welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. Thanks, Josh. I'm so Joshua. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> it's great. It's been great to reconnect this week. Yes, I know. So wonderful. I love how that I love how you're kind of peppered throughout my, my life. It's really nice. It is. It's certainly beautiful. And I, I always love seeing you <laughs> pop up on social media or pop up on the feed and seeing what you're up to. And uh, it's cool. I understand you had a cool trip out west recently. Oh, it was amazing. It was out. I was out in um, Laguna Beach at Dana Point. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And um, I was the nutrition resource for YPO at the mother daughter event. And it was stunning. It was absolutely stunning. I got to work with the five star resorts chef and completely curate our menu so that it was to my standards, all wow. organic, properly combined. 
and uh, didn't have to do any of the cooking (laughs) (laughs) and just show up and share the information I'm passionate about and and have some sessions. That's a best case scenario, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty awesome. My question to you is how far off were they from your quote unquote nutritional standards? (laughs) Um, you know, I would say, I would say 50, 50 in that, you know, there was a lot of fresh and wild, Mm -hmm. but the food combining piece, a lot of people don't get into, and it's so massive when it comes to our health. Um, and the other piece was I, we had to really fight for organic, which I, which was surprising to me. Interesting. When, yeah. when you say the food combining piece, what do you mean by that? I mean that we as a culture all over the world, doesn't matter where you are culturally mm-hmm. and traditionally, we eat based on family tradition, based on the culture, right? And um, that is not really uh, when it comes to biochemistry and the science of food combining, we're way off base. Mm. What, what is, what does good food combining look like? So that would be a concentrated protein, whether that's a vegan protein powder or a grass fed steak is to be eaten with complex carbs, like leafy greens or vegetables, zero starch of any kind. Gotcha. Right. And so, and when you look at smoothies, even, you know, you'll see fruit, like, you know, the classic will go to the juice bar and they'll be, um, you know, get a superfood smoothie and there'll be bananas and whey protein or other proteins. And it's total gut bomb. It's various different acids are required for each of those things to digest properly. And so this whole bloat gas um, issue that people have when they come out of juice bars or the restaurant is mainly due to, to improper food combining. Interesting. That's a really cool. I've never thought about it that way, especially as it relates to your digesting certain foods in certain ways. And I'm sure, I guess what you're drinking too matters also. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if we get into the digestive fire, really, we shouldn't be drinking at all while we eat. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I've heard that. So that's, that's fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And, and you're not, and just for some context here, this is not just like, you didn't just pick up a nutrition book like last month or just go through a little online certification Sorry. to become someone that knows nutrition and detox as a specialist, right? Like this is, this right. is years and years of your own journey and studying with some top professionals and learning from some top people in the field. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. I started my journey. Well, I'll tell you a funny story back in the nineties, you know, it's one of those retrospect things. I didn't realize it until, you know, I was looking back and I was like, wow, in the early nineties, I'm going to, well, maybe I'm not giving my age away, but in the early (laughs) nineties, I was reading about breatharianism and like talking to my fruits and vegetables before I cut them. Of course, while I worked in the nightlife industry, (laughs) contrast, you know, (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Well, okay. For context in the early nineties, I was just learning to breathe and walk. So, (laughs) but like, I I think this is amazing because like, did did it feel like you were ahead of your time? And like, how has it been to see times kind of speed up or catch up to what you were, what you were on? Oh God. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. I do feel like I'm ahead of 
the times in so many, in, in this particular arena, right? This yeah, is my right. bag. And I just feel like I'm, I'm ahead of, even when I was manufacturing superfoods, I was the first raw chocolate bar wow. ever to hit the shelves of Whole Foods in 2007. I was the first superfood energy bar, <laughs> right? And I was the first superfood blend on the market. Like, and this is in the early 2000s. Right. And so when I think about who I've studied with and how I got to be trained, like I was trained old school apprentice style, right? On the road, living out of a suitcase side by side with my mentors in action on the mm -hmm. field, watching and learning, um, you know, through profound experience and, you know, with, with my mentors. And then prior to that, I was, I was learning through my own experience. Right. But I did, I grew up dancing. So I danced for 25 years. I became a personal by, you know, by 17, I was a personal trainer. I was teaching, um, mm -hmm. fitness classes. Um, and I had private clients then and was, was kind of teaching about the nutrition that I was taught through personal training. Right. Right. And I always felt like there was something more. And of course, you know, I was also working in the restaurant industry. So there's this really strange mix. And I was also, you know, as a personal trainer, I'm in these industries and, and the personal training industry, I thought like the gym rat, look, I thought that was healthy. And you, when <laughs> you're in there, you realize, oh my God, there's a lot going on here that, that is not discussed or in the forefront of what people think you know, around fitness and nutrition. And then I discovered, um, I was bartending and I was mm -hmm. like, there's just gotta be something else going on here. I just, you know, what, are you what? in New York? Where were you at? Yeah, I was in New in York, York okay, in the city. And I was like, please God, you know, and I used to love in my pastime to go to Barnes and Noble. So again, I'm showing my age. I'm go I would go to <laughs> Barnes and Noble and I would walk through the aisles and be like, all right, let's see what book is going to jump out at me. And I see three naked guys in a tree. And I'm like, what the heck is this? I had to open it. Of course. And of course, and the title of the book, well, first of all, I opened the book. I read the first, the first few paragraphs and I, I shut the book and I was like, oh my God, my paradigm in that moment got completely shifted. And the name of the book was Nature's First Law, The Raw Food Diet. And I became a raw vegan overnight. And then within six months was um, assistant to the owner of the only gourmet raw food uh, service in the East Coast. And we ended up having 300 stores across the tri-state area. And that's where I met my, my mentor, David Wolf, who's now like family. Um, and, and, you know, the story goes on from there. Wow. So you, I, I love the saying that when, when the teacher, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So it seems like the, yeah. the book popped out at you at the perfect time. Where were you in your life at that time? You, you were looking for a shift. You were looking for something more aligned, something, something different. I knew I had been struggling for years to find true sobriety. Mm. Right. And it was an interesting path because on one hand, you know, I'm working out, I'm trying to eat healthy in the way that I understand health. 
but you know, mind you talk about tradition grew up in a Irish Italian home. Yeah. Right. So I grew up with grandpa's homemade wine by the barrel accessible since I was a little kid. right? Right. And, 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 you know, on the Irish side, it was, is mostly beer. Um, you know, but, but, and meat and potatoes and all of these things. And, and so it was this inner knowing that there was something more, mm-hmm. but simultaneously just in what I knew and like this, n- nothing feels like it's matching up. Like it all feels kind of wrong and, and it all feels like I, I should be doing something different. I don't know what that is. Mm. And having to heal, like, you know, as a child, you know, my mother listened to the doctors way back in the seventies and was like, Oh yeah, no, don't breastfeed your child. It's better to give them soy formula. What? (laughs) Right. Like, so that was my introduction. And, and then I was fed traditional foods, dairy, gluten, sugar, you name it. And my system was wrecked as a kid. And, and as I started making certain shifts, even though it was, you know, like grasping at straws, so to speak. But as I, as I was making certain shifts, certain ailments that I had struggled with my whole life up until that point were starting to lessen and go away. So I knew there was something to it, but I didn't know how to achieve that. And, and I didn't even know really that this was my path. I wanted Mm. to be a famous actress crying out loud. So, so what did, what advice do you have for people who might be in a similar situation where they, they, they know what they're doing isn't quite aligned with what they want to be doing. Maybe they don't know what they want to be doing, but they're just looking to do something differently. It sounds like you stumbled into Barnes and Nobles and that was a catalyst. And then, you know, meeting a mentor of yours, like what, what, what kind of advice might you give someone who's in a situation like that? That's a really great question. Um, you know, Joshua, I think my answer is you have to get quiet enough to listen. And it's not from your gut. It's from your higher self. So it's going to feel light and from above versus this really guttural feeling. And I think if we stop and kind of step out from the personal attachments to what we know and what we've been taught and we really ask, to be shown and led from a place of, I don't know if purity is the right word, but centered detachment. Mm-hmm. I, I think the answers come. Mm. It's a great response. I, 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 yeah, there's, there's, there's almost this difference between like, you know, we have our super conscious or our higher self and then there's the subconscious, right? And it's like, the subconscious is where I, I at least visualize like the fear comes from some of the limiting beliefs or the doubts and that super conscious or that higher self is like, is the, is your, is your true self is your real self. It's your inner being that's guiding you forward. And, and they're both out of conscious. They're both unconscious, but they're, it's, it's such a subtle distinction between the two, but you have to get quiet to really, or stillness, like you said, to, to listen or decipher. How do you personally how do you tune into those voices? How do you find stillness? How do you distinguish between those two different kind of voices, if you will? Um, you know, I take breaths. That's like how we started. I, I thought, gosh, you know, I, I, on my group calls, when I do my group programs, we start by taking breaths together. 
And I, I've taught my children to stop and let's take a few breaths. And I, and for me, like the breath is essential. Nature is essential. Mm -hmm. If the breath isn't working and I can't get outside, I find a window, something so I can feel the wind, breathe the air, um, look at the sunlight, the trees, you know, get back to that source. That's, mm. that's really my go-to. That's great. Do you, did you aim to do that on a daily basis as needed weekly basis? Like how do you break, break that into your busy schedule? Uh, I, I try to do that every single day. Cool. You know, real life does happen. Um, but when I'm on point every day, every day. Wonderful. So on, on that note, every day you've got, You've got twin. You've got ten and a half year old set of twins. You yeah. run a a business, two businesses, really, right? Like you run multiple yeah. businesses, uh, doing multiple different things. You find time to get out in nature and to ground down, and take care of yourself as well. How how do you do it all? Like you're super superwoman over here. How do you do all of these things? What's the secret to it? Thanks, Josh. The secret. <laughs> You know, we, you, you just get up and do it. It's a choice. It's a choice, you know? And, and there are like, you know, I, I have days where I, um, things fall off my plate, you know, they, they can't not. And then there are days when they miraculously all get done, you know? Um, but it's really what I have found is a surrender. And this is, you know, giving birth to my children. That was the lesson that I've learned over and over again and continue to learn over and over again throughout my life is surrender. It's a mm -hmm. constant state. Our evolution of self is a constant state of surrender, surrendering to what we don't know, surrendering to the desire to know, surrendering just to the present moment, right? Surrendering to the death of something we thought once was true. Now we know it's not like surrendering to love, right? Like it's, we're just surrendering mm. all day. Right. How do you find, like, I always kind of think there's like two sides to the coin. There's like surrendering. And then there's also like taking control and doing what's in your control. Can you speak to that? At yeah. All? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point because I think action is necessary and I guess it's kind of an oxymoron because it's this, this kind of constant state of surrender and forward movement, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which most people think surrender is inaction and stillness. And that's not always true, right? Sometimes surrender is actually moving forward regardless yep. of what's happening. That's a great point. I learned, I learned true surrender, and I think I've shared this with you in the past, but around when I was in Iceland doing um, a Wim Hof retreat and in the time in the cold, because that's a, that's a total, that was when I learned the true strength in surrender and the strength that's required to surrender. Cause I used to think I, I would hear people talk about surrender to this surrender to that. I'm like, yeah, that seems a little wishy-washy or that seems like, where's the, where's the beef? Like, where's the action? You know what I'm saying? Like, and uh, <laughs> where, like, it seems the opposite. Like I would think strength is over here on this side of the spectrum. And then surrender is like over here like on the feminine energy side versus a masculine. Like that's the way it seemed to me until I realized that when you get in the cold and you're sitting in the cold for a cold bat for a cold tub, like if you don't surrender, you're going to have a really hard time. If you try to like brave it out, 
you're, mm. the, the elements are going to slap you silly and you're going to get humbled very quickly by nature, like very, very quickly. The only way to possibly sit into freezing temperature for, for minutes on end is to just relax, release, surrender. And that takes a tremendous amount of strength to get in and to just release and surrender and let go. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I want to hear your stories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Strength and surrender is a real one there. Um, and, and, and on, on that note of choices, like I noticed you, you mentioned earlier, it's, um, it's a, it's a choice. I saw, I think on your website or on your social media, something you said was no rules, only choices. What does that mean? That is my motto and my tagline and something that my clients know well, um, because there are no rules legitimately. It's all an illusion, right? We are the, the divine creator of our life. We have that divine spark within us and, and we are the manifestors in every capacity, good, bad, or indifferent. And mindset is such an essential part of longevity and health. And when we're looking at changing paradigms so someone can step into uh, the power of vitality, right? Maybe for the first time, mm. um, it requires um, the adjustment that nothing is bad and wrong. And there really are no rules. It's about making healthy choices. And every moment, if we make the best choice that we can, and it's rooted in self-love, and it's conscious, right? We're consciously aware of the choice we're making, then it's always a good choice, regardless if it's quote unquote off menu. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that is how I try to live my life and, and, you know, in all ways, really, and in, in all ways. Right. I mean, I think whether it's about relationships or food and our, I mean, I believe that our food is a relationship, right. Our relationship to food. Right. And, and so I don't know, at the end of the day, we can choose to continue to do things that make us feel sick and unwell. And we can apply this to business, food, relationships. It doesn't matter. Or we can make choices that are hard because they are different and new but ultimately they make us feel good about ourselves. Hmm. That's beautiful. Where, where do you start? Where do you start with that? Right now, right, right here, now. right now. Yeah. One choice in front of the next, the next choice, yeah. the next opportunity you have. That's it. It's yeah. a layer peel. Hmm. I like that. Uh, are, and, and you mentioned earlier about uh, sobriety. Are you sober now still? I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So how many years has it been? That's been a while then. Yeah. How many years? Oh yeah. It's, I mean, if we go by the true definition, then that is going to change because I've tried ayahuasca. Right. Things like that. Right. Gotcha. I've, I've touched entheogens, but as far as sober sobriety and the way I look at conventional living, yep, it's been 17 years. Wow. Can you speak at all to that idea of, because I feel like there's a correlation there from, from what I understand about one day at a time, one choice at a time. Was that yeah. something that was helpful for you through your sobriety journey as well? Um, yes, there, yes, it was uh, very much so, especially at times when you, again, it's a paradigm shift because what I'm sorting through or what I was sorting through 
was the original wounds that created the habit to, to soothe with something that, that mm. basically numbed me out. Right. And, and addiction is a very real thing, no matter how you slice it, whether it's overeating, whether it's sex, whether it's alcohol, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter or, or, or denial of food, right? Addiction is addiction is addiction. The mechanism is the same. Right. And so if, if, if we get past the, the, what I called sort of the mechanical steps of one day at a time and, Yes, we need to have a practice, and yes, we absolutely need to create, you know, connect to our creator, whatever that is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the piece that I think is the most important because those only get you so far. Mm-hmm. If you don't do the work, right? If you don't get to the root of where the pain began in the first place, at some point, the the steps are going to fall apart for you. Mm. Interesting. Right. So, look- so where's the wound, really? Right. And and that that takes that usually takes a very gifted um mindset coach mm-hmm. to pull you um to pull you from that. I, I think we can start the process. Um, but I, I think we're gonna need if you're at least for me, my personal opinion, for me to have really pulled certain layers, I've needed a coach, a mentor, someone who's been there, done it and really knows the ropes. Mm, Yeah. And there's layers and layers and layers. And when you think you've gotten peeled the layers, there's more layers and layers (laughs) and there's just a a lifetime of layers. But if you're committed to that work of peeling back the layers and getting down to the root of it, the core of it, then I think that that, that alone, that practice alone can sustain you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like Alice, like I, I really, when I started this journey, and I'm sure you feel the same way. It, it, it really is akin to Alice in the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. Going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's never ending. It is infinite. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that, does that apply to, I mean, I, I see so many parallels to that and food and healing in general, but I think that just our approach to healing, like that seems to be a radical shift in a paradigm for an approach to healing, which is like, rather than, you know, let's put a bandaid on the symptom, let's peel back and get to the root cause. Can you speak at all to that approach for your philosophy on that approach to healing in general? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, my clients, you know, come to me, um, because there's, there's, you know, a, a physiological issue, right? There's chronic pain. There's, Mm -hmm. there's something happening. They, they can't fix. And what we end up working through is the initial stages of self-love, right? And understanding really that your relationship to food is just like the relationship to your husband, your children, your lover, your sister, Mm. your mother. And if we can get to those, those initial layers, the lifestyle transition, right, in order to achieve the results that one is looking for, all of a sudden become possible. Mm. Because it is going to get kicked up. It's all, all of that is going to get kicked up when we start to peel the layer of why we choose the food we choose. I've seen this, God, for over a decade. 
it's amazing. All right, tell me the story. You know, like what's your, what's your favorite treat food? And I want to know the first memory that comes to mind. It's amazing to see the correlation. And, and when we tap into those memories, mm-hmm. right, it doesn't become about restriction and I can't have, or this is now something I love that has this beautiful memory is now bad. No, instead it's, oh my God, I totally understand why there's this huge emotional attachment to this piece. And that's not serving me if I want to reach this logical goal. So now I can still love this, but now we can together mm-hmm. simulate a new experience that provides a similar emotional embodiment, but allows the body to actually process what it needs to so goals can be met. Hmm. Interesting. What does what are those? Wh- yeah, that does. That that makes total okay. sense. What are what are those ways or those mechanisms that you pave that new path, if you will? Um, so there's various exercises. You know, it's 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 honestly a discussion. Everybody's unique. Yeah. So so it's not so while there's a structure, the process is different with every client because it is unique. Right. So I do have certain go-tos for sure. There's absolutely, you know, classic classic, some of the most simple classics, classic, excuse me, exercises, like, like the, I love you. It's like looking at yourself in the mirror and getting clear, right? Every day, saying those words to yourself, looking at yourself right in the eye and, and experiencing that for several minutes, it's going to wake you up to some things. Yeah. Right. Love, and so, yeah. right. And so it's like implementing things like that, but also just really opening up the conversation mm-hmm. that's never been there before. Right. Well, I mean, such a different way of looking at it. Like you would think that how does like how does saying I love you to yourself in the mirror, how is that going to help you lose weight? Right. And it's just like <laughs> it's such a funny thing to think about. But but that is like that's the process. That's the process of it. And then the weight goal becomes right. irrelevant because you love yourself. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And if we truly love ourselves, then every choice is either a direct reflection of that self-love or a lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And if it's a lack, that's okay. That doesn't mean that it's bad. It's becoming aware so that you can then fill it, fill the Mm -hmm. cup. Yeah. Yeah. What, what does, what does self-love mean to you? Very, very big, very big, uh, out there question, (laughs) ephemeral question. What does self-love mean to you? Oh God. I'm thinking of how I can say this succinctly. Um, I believe self-love is making the hard choices to Mm. do the things that, that, actually enable growth and transformation. Beautiful. I, I, yeah, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> no, continue, continue, elaborate. That's, that's the, that's the short answer. What's the long, what's the tail of that? Uh, well, you know, cause we all want to think it's rainbows and unicorns and sparkles, yeah. which I, I love still regardless, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, the reality is those keep us trapped. And the work is in the recognition, the recognition 
of where we have not loved ourselves. Mm. And that is hard to look at. It is uncomfortable and it is painful. But when you, when you stop to love yourself enough to hold your pain, which is the irony, right? Anything is possible and anything can be healed. And I've seen miracles happen because of it. Mm. Like what? Give right? me an example. Oh my God. Um, one example is one of my clients came to me over a decade of suffering with multiple, multiple issues, leveled probably 11 chronic pain every day of mm. her life, multiple specialists, nothing was going to be healed hundreds of thousands of dollars later. And she finally comes to me and we do this work. And in 90 days, like 90% of her issues were gone. Wow. We, we ended up working together for another three or four months to complete the process. Mm -hmm. And she was so inspired by her, by her transformation. She actually went on to become a coach herself. Wow. Beautiful. Right. And beautiful. But like that, like to witness someone crippled with pain and then enjoy free of pain, rediscovering her passion for mm. life. Like, what does that look like? Oh, I make jewelry. I'm painting. I want to become a health coach. My, my marriage is revivified, right? Like. That's powerful. With, right. with no prescriptions. Zero prescriptions of any kind. Protocols, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's powerful. It's, uh, it, it seems like you know, with all the experience that you have as well, like there's just so much evidence of this as an effective path. Uh, do you see more people warming up to this idea? Do you see it becoming less of a crazy radical approach to things? Do you see more people adopting this? More people interested or open to this type of healing work? I do. I think. Um... You know, I think the numbers are growing. I think there's a genuine interest. I think light has been shed on the fact that we can't keep treating symptoms. We really have to to look at how we're treating the overall system, the body. Yeah. Right? What are we doing? You know, and um, and and I do. I think people are waking up, especially in this day and age. People are like, wait a minute, do I have underlying issues, and what can I do for myself? wait, maybe I want to be preventative. Wait, maybe I just hit 50 and I don't, I don't want to be crippled by 70. So mm. what can I do now? Yes. Yep. And, and do you feel that like, especially recently with COVID happening, has it been an opportunity to shine a spotlight onto that for people? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think so too. You know, I think in, in a powerful way. In a very powerful way, I think that the blessing, there's been so many blessings. I mean, you know, I don't want to get controversial. There are, it depends on you. I mean, perspective is everything. And sure. I personally, while there's been atrocities, the blessings that have occurred yep. are real mm -hmm. and wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm personally grateful. Yeah. I agree. Um, and I think it'll be, this will be one of the things in context, looking back and 
when we have years and years of context to look back as this is like a, as a pivotal moment, I think in accelerating a lot of, a lot of healing, but uh, like any, like any healing, it's, uh, you gotta be willing to hold the pain and you gotta be willing to go through the yes. discomfort of it. Oh my God. Exactly. And I think that's what most, most people, there's a misconception of what it means to truly embark on, you know, there is no diet. Diets don't work. Right. Right. Diet. Die. Diet. You know, it's 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 an eliminate like you eliminate anything. You're going to see a result. But does that actually hold you long term? Like, let's Mm. like if we get logical, we step out of the emotions like, oh, my God, I have five days to lose 30 pounds. Right. Am I hurting myself? Am I like, what am I doing here? And and diets. I have a real um, disdain for that word because mm-hmm. they 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 misdirect people and they think they 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 help people think that there's a quick fix and there is no quick fix. Mm. There is no pill. There is no one diet. There is no just eat fat, just eat fruit, just eat meat, just eat vegetables. Like it's no one way. Mm. That's an extension of the of the band aid itself, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And any extreme is out of balance. Yeah. Right. 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 So what you're what you're saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's it's the layer beneath that where the real work is done, where the real healing is done. It's it's evaluating your relationship to the food itself. It's evaluating your past traumas. It's evaluating how you operate with fear in your body currently and what you're doing for yourself and and that quote unquote self-love and making those tough decisions, right? That's exactly it. So so I'm a lover of alchemy and and the name of my company is called The Alchemy of Self. And really this began, I remember reading the Emerald Tablet and and writing out the structure of my business. Mm-hmm. And what I, what came to me was, was this knowing that, that the body is the lead, right? And, and, and these alchemists, they wanted to create gold. They would take lead and they would turn it to gold. Mm -hmm. I think that is really a story about turning the base metal, right? Our, our human body, the, the gold is the pursuit of who we actually are mm. and, and the stages of process that you have to go over and over and over again. And the same is, is with food. It's, you know, you have to dissolve to yourself in order to recoagulate, to come back together. And, and, you know, when you, when you really start to think about the nuances of, I'm going to put this thing in my mouth, right? Where did that come from? Where did it grow? Who made it? Is it even made? Did it even grow? Was it made in a lab? Right? Like all of these. And when you start to really make the connections, it opens you up to your connection, your personal connection to the world around you, which is Mm. going to open you to self. Beautiful. Yes. It's a very intimate experience eating. <laughs> that was a perspective I learned when I was traveling. It was like, yeah, you're literally taking something and you're making it a part of you. Like it's ve- And it's becoming and your body's undergoing this process to literally take it 
and take the best things from it, excrete the waste, but to make that become a part of you. So it might matter. It might matter a little bit where our food comes from or how it comes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Upanishads have a, a fabulous saying, um, which is escaping me at the moment, but it has to do with what your what you eat, so your mind becomes. Mm. Yep. And I yep. love it. It's in, engraved on one of my cutting boards. It's fabulous. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I've heard the, I've heard the, you know, the colloquial, uh, you are what you eat saying. It sounds like that yeah, probably yeah. comes from, from that much, much more profound explanation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, um, what role, I mean, as we were kind of talking a little bit about some of the blessings that this past couple of years have brought, like something that I've noticed, um, a lot is just like this, uh, there's a lot of fear out there and a lot of people are suffering from like fear and cultivating fear like what role just from from your experience from your studies like what role physiological physiologically does fear play into all of this healing process would you say oh wow fear is a major hindrance hmm. in the healing process um if you want to heal you have to surrender mm -hmm. um to the not knowing and to the possibility of, of unlearning all the things you think, you know, mm. um, and that requires courage and strength. Right. And that's probably why there's a lot of fear because we're, we're in a state where we don't, there's, there are, there are a lot of uncertainties, especially in the beginning when there was the first lockdown, there was a ton of uncertainty around like, what is going on here? Nobody seems to have the answer. And so that can create a lot of fear. It's easy to go latch onto that right away. Right. A hundred percent. I think that, um, you know, I, I think, uh, as a society, you know, fear porn is, is, yeah. is one of the addictions. <laughs> That's great. I, and, like you explain. Uh, I haven't heard it that way. I like that. Well, you know, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's so funny. I mean, whether, and, and honestly, it doesn't really matter what side you're on or if you're on a side or right. whatever, the whole thing is, is, um, disguised yep. to, to extract adrenaline and cortisol. And that is the worst possible thing for you for healing. I actually limit myself one time a week. I allow myself a scroll hole of all the headlines <laughs> one day a week. And I'm only allowed to do it for no more than one hour. And then after that, I put on happy, like I make sure that I adjust my mental compass after that mm. because it needs an adjustment and I imbibe my one of my elixirs um or some cacao that's a heart opener because i am like i consciously choose to imbibe because i want to be educated and know what's out there the information right. that's out there but i'm also consciously aware of what that does in the possible imprints so then i have to reverse that work so to speak mm. yeah it sounds like you're making a conscious decision like you're choosing to eat a certain food, not, not any yes. different than that, than, than what you, what you consume. I mean, it's the same, right. We're, cons we're consuming that too, what we're putting in our mouth versus what we're putting in our ears and our mind. And right. Like that's, uh, that's a part of, that's a part of our, our quote unquote diet too. Right. Absolutely. It's, you know, that's the other thing. It's like, as you start to delve into what you're putting on your body, in your body, 
then it's, what am I putting on my body? What am I cleaning my house with? Who am I spending time with? What am I listening to? (laughs) It all matters greatly. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really great way. I like two things. I like what you said there. One, the idea of fear porn, um, that's designed to extract adrenaline, um, and cortisol spike our cortisol levels for sure. Cause that's what keeps us coming back for more. That's what that's, that's where the money is, right? Like there's no, there's no, no coincidence in that. And then the uh, allowing yourself the time for the scroll hole, as you said, allowing yourself the time and, and being conscious about consuming it in that way versus unconsciously just letting it go throughout the day. I think that's definitely something that I can work on and and I've got there listening can work on as well. And, uh, the same way where it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to have birthday cake for my friend's birthday tonight. Like I'm going to choose to have a piece of birthday cake. I'm going to get in the gym the next morning and work extra hard. Or like, I know that I'm going to, you know, need to, to counteract or, you know, I, I know what this is getting me, but I'm going to choose to go. I'm going to choose to go forward with this. So it, it certainly starts to become a conscious choice. But what you're doing there is you're taking control back. You're taking the choice back into yourself versus being, um, being played by somebody else or being uh, unconsciously reacting to what's going on. Exactly. Instead of allowing your emotions to dictate the reaction, right? You're, you're choosing your circumstance, which means like you said, you're taking your power back. Right. And, and when we are actually standing in our power, I know, you know, this, when we're standing in our power, we are making conscious choices. We're not reacting. We're responding. Right. Right. Absolutely. Ooh, that's good. I like that a lot. Uh, the other thing that I, I, I love that you talk about, you talk a lot about, um, about, about mojo, about getting pe- getting your mojo back. Tell me a little bit more about mojo. Woo! Mojo. <laughs> um, for me and for what I like to bring to the women that I work with, um, when you start to tap in to back into the self, right? When you start mm-hmm. to tap back into the self and you start to really evaluate your choices, um, you start to tap into the essence of who you are. You start to tap into your vitality. And as you tap into that vitality, you start to re, right, remember, to become Mm -hmm. remembered of your power. And that that then creates a sensuality, right? And, Mm. And reminds you of your creative force as a whole, right? This is beyond sexuality. It's about the sensuality and the passion of life. And that Mm -hmm. is true vibrancy and true power to be able to sit in that, that ultimate creative zone and do nothing except to be with it. Be present, like just its presence. You are that. Mm. So that's mojo, baby. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And I can see how that's an extension of all the stuff we've been talking about of that, that foundation, um, and that, that self-love and then just tap that allows you to just tap into just, uh, the, the stream of energy that allows you to tap into 
so much energy, which I'm sure is essential for you when you've got a million and one things you've got on your plate to be able to tap into that stream of, 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 of ever flowing energy. Yeah. Your mojo is how you create your life. Like I, I think the mojo, whether you're a man or a woman, your mojo is that, that je ne sais quoi, you know, that thing that, that, that that's the pep in your step. That's whatever it is that lights you up and, and gets you out of bed in the morning. Right. And so I want, we should all be living in our mojo. Yes, I agree. It's, it's, it's us. I feel like it's us recognizing, owning and expressing that unique spark that we have, that unique gift that we have in, in, in an embodied way and not a, you know, and I think that in talking about fear too, it's easy to to be afraid of that, afraid of that potential, and keep that in arms distance. But actually embracing that or embodying that, because that's that's truly who we are. It's becoming more of who we who we really are. Exactly. So well said, Josh. The uh, the embodiment. Mm-hmm. It's necessary, right? And and if mm-hmm. we don't embody it, then how is it truly ours? It's not. It must be embodied. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you describe like it's taken us you know almost an hour to like really really map this all out and to get to the <laughs> core of of the work that you're doing it almost seems like calling yourself a nutritionist is just like the shallow like level entry level of it all like how do you describe the work that you do how do you communicate that with others <laughs> That is a really good question um my my short answer is um, I help busy women uh, reclaim their health and vitality through holistic nutrition and exercises and mindset and radical self-love. Mm. Um, you know, as a journey, it's intimate and something that I hold, right? I'm there every step of the way to really hold you through the process, but more importantly, hopefully inspire you into the becoming of you in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. And my, my goal is to help people achieve states of vitality and self knowing that they've, they've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. Yes. But, yeah. You, okay. Very succinctly. You did. <laughs> in the first part, <laughs> <and> then, <laughs> that's, that's, that's really amazing. So uh, my question for you next is well, what's, what's next for you? What's next for you in this, in this journey, in this expansive journey of, uh, of you, of you helping, helping people on this path. What's next for me? God, um, so much, I don't know, more, more helping people in a, in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love the work I do. I'm so blessed to be able to get up every day and work with people like to mm-hmm. help guide someone through a transformation transforms me. Yeah. Right. And, and like t- that I get to do that every day. I mean, I'm, I am on my knees grateful to God Mm -hmm. for that ability, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So all the ways in which I can be my best self and continue to do that, whether it's through speaking engagements, one-on-ones, group, like bring it on. Let's, let's have fun. I love that. One of the things that, (laughs) one of the things that I'm inspired by you is your, your genuine and sincere gratitude. Like, I think it's been very Mm -hmm. evident even through this past hour, just like, how, how honest and sincere and genuine that is. And 
when we talk about a, a a magic pill, I think gratitude might be the closest thing to the magical pill to help you in your health, wellness, vitality, and radical self-love <laughs> journey. Can you speak at all to, uh, to, to, to gratitude and the role that gratitude plays for you and that you teach and work with your clients with? Gratitude, I, I would say, is my teacher. It is... Um... It, for me, um, is touching God or great spirit, mm. uh, whatever that is for someone. For me, gratitude is that peace. And I've, I've throughout my life, uh, been, been humbled to the core so many times that, um, that knowing of, of true gratitude is, in my opinion, the awareness um, ultimately of the divine existence of our life. Mm. Um, yeah. And how do you, how do you bring that to practice on a regular How do basis? I bring that to practice? I think that there are, are simple things that, uh, you know, one can do. Like I love my gratitude list. I love that. I love sometimes just randomly stopping and and smelling the flowers mm -hmm. stopping to listen to my kids conversation that is like i'm like what language are you speaking but it, this is the best ever and like this look at this moment like i will this is this moment only yeah. um you know having my own transformative experience that humbles <laughs> me like i think i think if someone is looking to really find gratitude the first an easiest step would be to stop and look at all the things you do have. Mm -hmm. Look at all the things you do have. No one is without even. And I've been in dire situations in my life. Um, I'm also incredibly privileged and blessed. And, you know, I speak also from, from having experienced some things that, that could have taken my life away in several occasions. And, and, you know, there's always a gift. There's mm. always a gift. We are never without a gift, no matter where we are. Mm. Beautiful. I love it. I feel like we're just scratching the surface, but we're already up at the hour here. So <laughs> 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 we'll have to put a pin in this one till next time. Um, and I look forward to continuing this conversation with you um, in person next time. Let's make that happen. Thank for sure. you. Yes. That'll please. be great. Um, oh my God. So we can dive deeper in, in, in the human form in real life. I think that'll be really fun. Um, in the meantime, is there anything else? We'll definitely make sure that we get any of your links out to the group, anybody to anybody listening in the show notes. Is there, is there anything else you wanted to share with the listeners as we wrap up here? I think, um, you know, I would just want to leave it with, remember that there are no rules, only choices, and it's up to you to go boldly into this life. And we need you. We need you to be who you were meant to be and who you're craving to be. The world needs you. Amazing. Thank you. And thank you for all the work that you're doing, empowering others to step into that and become who they were meant to be. It's, uh, yeah, we need, we, yeah, we need every, we need everybody <laughs> and we need leaders like yourself that are empowering others to do the same. So Gabrielle, it's thank a privilege so as always. Thank you very much. And until next time. Thank you so much, Josh.